Sons, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 15th edition of the sunny side of sports. Kenya, South Africa, and Nigeria finished 1-2-3 in the medals table at the recent African Athletics Championships in Mauritius. For reaction to Team Nigeria's performance, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with the technical director of the Athletics Federation of Nigeria, Samuel Onikeku. Well, I would say it went well for uh, Team Nigeria because, you know, we went with more home-based athletes to the Africans in Athletics Championship. And even while we, other editions that we've gone with the complement of our full team, both home-based and foreign-based, we came third. So not having most of our top athletes that are competing in NCAA and still coming third is enough for us to give ourselves a pat in the back. How many medals did Team Nigeria win? Coming third is something that is good for us. We won five gold medals, and these gold medals were special to us because you know that everybody has uh, felt that uh, because most of our foreign-based athletes are not around, we will not be able to win these uh, medals. So the five gold medals were good. Five gold medals for us. We won three silver medals and we won three bronze medals. Before you went to the championship, you had set. Uh, targets to qualify for certain events for the World Athletics Championship scheduled for Eugene, Oregon in the U.S. Did you meet such set objective? Yes, we set realistic uh, targets, but we could not meet them, not because of the fault of the athletes, but because of the weather in Mauritius. We, the, the new stadium was built, and the stadium was uh, always windy against. And you know, if you check the weather of Mauritius, it's always raining, always raining. You will find out that even the four by one was one with 39, uh, 39 point, 39 seconds and above. Nobody could run a thirty-eight. So because of the weather, it was always raining from morning to night. So there was no high in those conditions. Any team would be able to have run better than what they could do before. Can we say that Team Nigeria is uh, good to go when it comes to the uh, World Athletics Championships? Of course, we are good to go. You know, we've qualified in so many uh, individual events, like the 100 meters for men and women, 200 meters, 400 meters women. And throws, we have Chikwe uh, Buka uh, that have qualified for throws. We have Odus, Nathaniel, Samson. And then we have the 4x1 women and the 4x4 mixed team. But we are having our, our trials next week. In, uh, in Benin. And for that trials, we are bringing some countries to come and uh, compete in our trials. And we'll still try to qualify for the other relays that we've not qualified for because we are still in the qualifying window. And then we'll try to run faster in the two relays that we've qualified for so that any other team will not come out of stage just because next week is the last qualifying week window. So we have to make sure that we make use of next week very well. And hopefully, we believe that we'll qualify for the for one or two more relays before the close of the window. What's your assessment of some of the local uh, athletes, home-based athletes that went to the African African Senior Athletics Championships? Oh, I'm so proud of the uh, uh, 
uh, home-based athletes because they are professionals. Let's talk about Demitokwe uh, Adeshina. She just blew everybody's mind. She landed in uh, uh, Kenya, went to compete, and won silver in high jump. It has taken a long time for Nigeria to win in a in a global competition like this, home based with no fear. And both she and the Ghanaian that won jumped the same distance. So just a little bit push will have one gold medal. We have Ella in the release. Ella, our very own 17 year old girl, she won a silver in the mix. Uh, uh, in the mixed relay and a bronze in the uh, 4x4 women. She did very well. And even the quartet of the 4x4 women, they did well, winning bronze. We have uh, three locally based athletes there, and then uh, Chile that joined them. So overall, if you look at our uh, home-based athletes, they gave a good account of themselves. So we're proud of our home-based athletes. They did well. They were able to match other countries that came with their professionals. So they did well. We are proud of them, and we know they will continue to grow higher from this. That's Samuel Onakeku, the technical director of the Athletics Federation of Nigeria. And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. Uganda's Peruth Chematai is one of the African athletes I'll be watching at next month's World Championships in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. Peruth made history at last year's Tokyo Games, becoming the first Ugandan woman to win an Olympic medal. She won gold in the 3,000 meters steeplechase in a national record time of 9 minutes and 1.45 seconds. I'm so happy today be the Olympic champion. I'm proud of my I'm proud of my country. Now it's the, it's the first time to, be, to get the medal in Uganda since 2015 in Commonwealth Games, but today I'm so happy. Happy Ugandan fans, welcome Peruth Chematai and other athletes home after the Tokyo Olympics in this encore sunny side of sports feature presentation. Magume Davis Rakawinj reports from Kampala, Uganda. Hundreds of Ugandans stand up along Etebe Road to have a glimpse of their heroes returning home with the most number of medals Uganda has ever won at the Olympics event. The athletes drove in a convoy as they offered back their fans. One of the athletes was Peruth Chemtai, a 3,000 meter steeple chess gold winner. She narrates how she ran to victory. I control my, my presence. I go up to four laps. American girl passed me, but I said I will not give up. I will go. Yeah, after, after the end. I'm happy to, to be a Olympic champion, world record holder, hospital, yeah, I'm so happy. bet America's Kutne Fritz and Kenya's Hevin Kiyeng in national record time to become the first Ugandan woman to win Olympics gold. Athletics fan Faith Gertrude welcomed Golden Chemtai and other athletes. As a woman, it's more joy for me because, I mean, we all know women are struggling and when a woman wins, you know, it's joy or lover for us as women and we get proud about it, not, as a, not only as a country, but 
as, as, as a gender, we feel, you know, powerful. When, when, when you see someone coming up at a younger age and, you know, being a hero, being a, a gold medalist, and you would want to imagine, to want to be like her. I, I would want my kids to watch Chemtai and feel, you know, I, I want to be like her. Janet Museven, Uganda's first lady and sports minister, says that is exactly the spirit of the Olympics. Thank you, Team Uganda, for bringing your country joy on the world stage. Indeed, God has given us a beautiful country, gifted by nature, we say, and with beautiful people. To our young people in Uganda, I say to you that you take time to intentionally learn from Team Uganda to excel at the world stage in any form takes not only talent and training, but discipline. And one poet, Albert Mukundane, will recite a poem befitting the 3,000 meters steeplechase Olympics gold medalist. There she is, Chemtai Pers, triumphant creature beyond the stars. The moving speed merchant of 90145 and the first female in this territory. There she is. Resilient, patient, and tactical heroine. Amazing to the spectators near and far. Emotional feeler of Ugandan flag. Inspiring lead initiator for Uganda anthem in Tocho. There she is. A virtual feeler of yearning medros sector, the oasis of hope at the heart of stakeholders, the renewal efficient energy for sports development, the dominant theme for Tokyo 20 Olympic Games, there she is. Chemutai and other medalists were awarded with brand new vehicles by Uganda's president, Yuriko Gutam 7, for flying Uganda's flag high. For the sunny side of sports, I am Mugume, Davis Rakarinjin Kampala, Uganda. Hi, I'm Kim Lewis. Join me for a special edition of PC USA with guest award-winning historian and author Jesse Holland as he takes us on the journey of how the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was signed into law this year and will examine the legacy of Juneteenth, a celebration of freedom for many African Americans. Join me for PC USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Kim. I'm VOA Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The field is now set for the 32 team FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar in November. Costa Rica earned the last place Tuesday with a 1-0 victory over 10-man New Zealand. Joel Campbell scored the game's only goal in the third minute, and captain and goalkeeper Kaylor Navas made some key saves late in the match to preserve the lead. The match was not without controversy. New Zealand had an equalizer disallowed in the 39th minute after video review Officials ruled there was a foul in the buildup to Chris Wood putting the ball in the back of the net. 
And another video review in the 69th minute led to a red card for Costa Barbarousas, which left New Zealand down to 10 players. After the match, New Zealand's head coach, Danny Hay, criticized the officiating. No, well, look, uh, you know, uh, if I'm being honest, I thought some of the officiating at times was absolutely atrocious. Uh, and people can make their own mind up about that. But, uh, you know, the first, the first one, the disallowed goal, I think it's two players um, battling for the ball and they're fighting. Could have been a foul on Matt Garbett to start with, but uh, obviously VAR got involved and, um, and overturned that. And then I haven't looked at uh, the sending off close enough, uh, but our, our analyst who was watching from up above wasn't convinced it was a red card. But, you know, that, that we could be proven wrong. That, that may be the case. I'm not sure I'd need to look closely at it. A dejected Coach Hay also said his team was the better side on the day. Yeah, look, uh, incredibly disappointed. Um, it's hurting, and it's obviously hurting the players at the moment. Uh, but I thought we were by far the better team. I don't even think that was in question. Um, there was one team dominating uh, one team trying to play good quality football, one team trying to create chances, and that was us. Uh, obviously really disappointing, the manner of the goal that we conceded and so early on, but I thought the reaction of the players was sensational. And hopefully the people of New Zealand, well, the people of New Zealand have got a taste of, uh, of the quality of this young side. The Intercontinental Playoff match was held in Qatar, which will stage football's premier event beginning November 21st. Now, Kaylor Navas and Joel Campbell both played on Costa Rica's 2014 World Cup team, which made a memorable run to the quarterfinals in Brazil. For Qatar 2022, Los Ticos of Costa Rica are in Group B with four-time World Cup champion Germany, 2010 World Cup champion Spain, and Japan. A tough group for sure for Los Ticos. Cameroon, Ghana, Morocco, Tunisia, and reigning African champion Senegal will represent Africa in Qatar. World Cup fever. Let's hear from FIFA president Gianni Infantino. So now we know the 32 countries who qualified for the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. Congratulations to all of you. And of course, welcome to the fans of these 32 countries, but to the fans from all over the world to uh, Doha in November and December of this year in a few months time to celebrate football, to live together the greatest show on earth and the best World Cup ever. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. 
whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Hi guys, I'm Ferdinand Omanyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100 meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle, at VOA Sunny Sports. And please note, the sunny side of sports and other VOA Africa programs have moved to VOAAfrica.com. So go to VOAAfrica.com to find your favorite VOA TV and radio programs and a whole lot more. VOAAfrica.com. In African football news, former Hamburg defender Colin Benjamin has been named the new head coach of Namibia's national men's team, nicknamed the Brave Warriors. During his playing days, the 43-year-old Benjamin made 32 international appearances for the Brave Warriors, and he captained the team for several years. Benjamin replaces Bobby Samaria, who was named interim coach in 2019. Namibia began its 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifying campaign earlier this month with a one-all draw against Burundi in Johannesburg, South Africa. Colin Benjamin's first order of coaching business, though, will be Southern Africa's regional championship, the Kasafa Cup, which kicks off on July 5th in Durban, South Africa. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. Turning to tennis, American star Serena Williams has received a wild card entry into the Wimbledon tournament, which begins June 27th. Now, Serena hasn't competed since she slipped and injured a leg during Wimbledon's first round last year. Serena limped off center court in tears, a hand over her heart as the crowd stood in tribute. Now 40 years of age, Serena has won seven of her 23 major titles at Wimbledon. And I know tennis fans are eager to see if she can regain her form. 
During her hiatus from the sport, Serena Williams has seen her ranking plunge to 1,208. Meanwhile, Britain's Lawn Tennis Association has announced that Serena Williams will team up with Tunisia's Anz Jabir, who is currently ranked fourth in the world. Williams and Jabir will play doubles at Eastbourne, a grass court tune-up event that precedes Wimbledon by one week. Women's tennis is in a period of transition in the wake of then-world number one Ash Barty's unexpected retirement earlier this year. In this encore sunny side of sports feature presentation, VOA's Gwen Uden has reaction to Barty's retirement. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. World number one women's tennis star Ash Barty made her stunning announcement on Instagram during an interview with her close friend and doubles partner, Casey Delacqua, who sounded a bit unprepared to hear the news herself. Ash, it's always great to see you. I have a slight inkling. Um, I know why I'm here. I probably don't want to acknowledge it, but why am I here today? Um, yeah, I kind of wasn't quite sure how I was going to do this, but I think so many times in my life, both my professional and my personal, you've been there for me. Um, and I just couldn't think. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just my way. And this is perfect for me to share it with you, to talk to you about it, um, with my team, my loved ones, that I'll be retiring from tennis. And it's the first time I've actually said it out loud. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. But I'm so happy and I'm so ready. And I just know at the moment in my heart for me as a person, this is right. Barty's surprise exit comes at the peak of her career. She won the French Open title in 2019 and Wimbledon in 2021. She lifted her third Grand Slam trophy at the Australian Open in front of her home crowd. She's only the fifth woman to be ranked number one in the world for three consecutive years, and she seemed poised to reach even more success. But the 25-year-old says she has fulfilled all of her goals in the sport and admits her perspective changed after achieving her dream of winning at Wimbledon last year. To be able to win Wimbledon, which was my dream, I, the one true dream that I wanted in tennis, um, that really changed my perspective. And I just had a, I just had that gut feeling after, after Wimbledon um, and had spoken to my team quite a lot about it. And there was just a little part of me that wasn't quite satisfied, wasn't quite fulfilled and then came the challenge of, of the Australian Open and I think that for me just feels like the most perfect way my perfect way to to celebrate what an amazing journey my tennis career has been Barty says her dislike for the touring life and time spent away from home has finally taken its toll. I know how much work it takes to, to bring the best out of yourself and I've said it to my team um, multiple times. It's just I, I don't have that in me anymore. I don't have the the physical drive, the emotional um, want, and and kind of everything it takes to to challenge yourself at the very top of the level anymore. And I think I just know that I'm absolutely 
I, I, I am spent. Um, I just know physically I have nothing more to give and that for me is is success. I've given absolutely everything I can um, to, to this beautiful sport of tennis and I'm really happy with that and for me that that is my success. Tributes continue to pour in to honor Barty as both an athlete and a role model in the sport. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison thanked Barty for, quote, inspiring a generation of young people and particularly a generation of young indigenous people in Australia. Former men's world number one Andy Murray of Britain tweeted, happy for Ash Barty, gutted for tennis. What a player. Tennis Australia CEO Craig Tyler Kylie wrote, enjoy retirement and this next chapter of your life. We can't wait to support you in whatever you choose next. And friend and doubles partner Casey Delacqua had this to say. I know I speak for so many um, people and to say thank you. Thank you for everything that you've given to our sport. Um, having known you for so long, one thing I know is that you make decisions that are right for you and they've always worked out and you've done it your way and I think that's really brave. I think that's really credible and um, so thank you for everything that you've done for us sport. Thank you for giving us you, Ash Barty. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. Following Ash Barty's retirement, Poland's Iga Swiatek moved to number one, and she's been dominating women's tennis. Earlier this month, the 21-year-old Swiatek won her second French Open title, losing only one set over the two weeks in Paris and extending her winning streak to 35 matches. Heading into Wimbledon, Iga Swiatek holds a commanding lead in the women's tennis rankings. Iga has nearly twice as many ranking points, 8,631, as her next competitor, Estonia's Annette Kantevate. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the basketball beat, the NBA Finals resume Thursday night in Boston, Massachusetts. That's where the Boston Celtics face a must-win situation. They trail the Golden State Warriors three games to two in the best-of-seven championship series. Now the Warriors won Game 5, 104-94 in San Francisco, California. Golden State is bidding for its fourth NBA title since 2015. Boston, meanwhile, is bidding for a record 18th NBA championship. In women's basketball... WNBA star Brittany Griner remains detained in Russia. And a Moscow court has extended her detention until at least early July. 
The AP's Ed Donahue reports from Washington. Russia's state-run news agency TASS reports Griner will remain in custody through at least July 2nd. She's been held since February after being detained at a Moscow airport after authorities there claimed she was carrying vape cartridges containing cannabis oil. Ned Price at the State Department says Griner should not be detained for a single day longer. We have characterized Brittany Griner as a uh, wrongful detainee. It's precisely why uh, we are doing everything we can uh, to see and to affect uh, her prompt release from Russian detention. Griner plays basketball in Russia during the WNBA offseason. The task report cited a top Russian diplomat as saying Moscow will not consider including Griner in a detainee swap until a court investigation into her case is completed. Ed Donahue, Washington. Thanks, Ed. Brittany Griner's WNBA team, the Phoenix Mercury, was here in Washington Tuesday night for a game against the Washington Mystics. Mercury players and coaches met with State Department officials ahead of the game which Washington won 83-65 to to discuss getting Griner released. And that wraps up the June 15th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.